Crafters, and because it's an evening, JP, it means that I can't get my fingers underneath this cop to open it. Wait, that was so sad. I hope yours is going to sound better than mine. Yeah, see, that oh. sounded much better. Uh -oh. Yeah, it also threw stuff all over <laughs> the computer again. <laughs> oh, no. Mine Golly. opened, but it didn't open well. So, well, cheers to, cheers to the show. Cheers to making a mess of things, and cheers to all sorts of fun and stuff now, starting out. it's like foaming out the top of the can uh, i can't see it show, show me show me the foam show me that we're getting real pro positive foam going on here it's i mean well, that's not bad that's just a little bit of i thought it was oh. like coming cascading i thought you had a cascading no. beer mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, sorry okay. i had to take a drink there and clear Ooh, out yeah. the top of my can let's go that's a, that's a good good first sip i think for both of us we'll see where we go we'll talk about the beers you're drinking a little later on once we get to the the, the beer break if you will at halftime moment that we usually go for, but uh, you know, you and I have been talking over the course of the last week or so, and we've decided, I mean, look, you can come into a season with expectations, with game plans, and then you got to adjust. You can't just sit back and just ram things forward. So we are going to adjust. We've been doing, last year when we did the show, we did kind of two shows a week. One was like a recap show. Where we talked about all the college, all the pro, and then a preview show where we talked about the college and the pro coming up. We were thinking about this last week. It doesn't make a ton of sense for us to do that. Let's be honest. You guys, if you want to get news, you're not coming to us. If you want to get breaking stuff, you're not coming to us. If you want to see a box score, you're not coming to us. So uh, I think what we decided to do, dude, and uh, you hit me up about this right before I hit you up about it, so I'll give you credit for it. But we're basically going to now do a college show and a pro show every week. Now, we're still going to be doing all of our takes on players and who's coming up, and obviously this is draft craft, so the focus is still on the draft on the young guys coming up in college on the young guys and the pros and how they're making an impact and roster building and all that kind of stuff. But today marks the beginning of our college show. Welcome. I'm here. I'm here for it. <laughs> and, you know, just a quick little, like, you know, going off from that, like we're kind of switching up like the angle or the focus, not really the focus of the show. Maybe we're owning we're in packaging on the focus of the show more. Packaging yeah, so, I mean, like, when we do the college show, we're going to be talking about, like, the first half. I guess we're going to be running through, like, a gauntlet of players, if you will, that recapping what they did, all the obvious, like, breakouts. Mm -hmm. Not breakouts. I don't know. You get what I'm mm -hmm. saying. But then the, all, all the names. The beer halftime. Yeah. Right. And then the second half, though, we're, that's probably going to be the longer half, if you will. Maybe the last three quarters mm -hmm. um, is going to be more focused. We're going to pick... A six-pack each of prospects to do a deeper dive on. And this is where it gets so interesting. The first, yes. Yes. Very much so. But all right. Should we kick this thing off? Why not? And the way we've been doing it uh, in the past is we've done alphabetical. You know what we're going to do now is we decided we're going to more or less do our inverse power ranking of the, the, the power five. And you know what, dude? I think this is the last week we're going to do it where we're going to start off with the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 has more ranked teams than any conference right now. I feel like we can't have them at the bottom after this week. But we'll give it to them for this week. And we have to do some flip-flopping after this week. I just put them at the bottom because they're going to cease to exist after this season. Which so. is why we got to give them some love this year before they run away. Okay. All right. All right. Who's been? Uh, who's on your list of the the gauntlet? These are the names that you're going to hear tons of people talking about over the course of the next several months. So we're not necessarily going to do a deep dive into who your name, insert name here, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, whoever, uh, insert their name. We're not going to do deep dives on them. We're going to let you know where they're at and are they continuing to trend upward or downward. So go for it. 
Yeah, and I also kind of want to explain the gauntlet like this way. Like, obviously, the gauntlet would just be like all the players that you're going to hear a ton about because they're first round picks. Like, to me, when I hear that, it's like big whoop. If you're listening to a show like this, you know who's going in the first round. Let's talk about some of the other guys, you Mm -hmm. know. So, but even then, it won't be just be first round players. It'll just be players whose names seem to come up all the time because we don't want to talk about the same people all mm-hmm. the time. So if their name keeps popping up, even though they might be a third round pick, they're going to go into the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's how I envision it. But I, I, you know, the gauntlet will grow as we go. So today it had a flow to it and that almost Ooh, like kind of flows with it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, so I'll go through all my gauntlet guys from the PAC 12, from the teams that I covered. So first one, you already talked, you already kind of talked about it. Bo Nix. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, they went against Hawaii in this game. He, he didn't, I mean, some other quarterbacks made their way into the game because this got out of hand rather quickly, <laughs> you know, by halftime. So Bo Nix went 21 for 27 for 247 and three touchdowns, no turnovers. Only had 14 yards on the ground game, but, hey, he doesn't really need to run against a team like Hawaii when you're <laughs> up 34 to 3, I think it was, at halftime. Right. So, yeah, Bo Nix had himself another stellar game. And I'll tell you what, he's, he's, I don't, he's playing his way in, like, to the first round, you know, you know, there's two guys that were talked about in the first round for quarterbacks and, you know, at least two more will work their way in there, but mm-hmm. he, he's, he's making a case for himself. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, and then obviously, you know, I always said, I usually tend to talk about Troy Franklin. I don't think he's come into the gauntlet yet. Cause I want to do right. a deeper dive on this guy. So I'm going to move over to Washington, Washington, my gauntlet guys. I got two of them. It's Michael Penix jr. And it's Rome Adunzi. <laughs> the two guys you've talked about every show and will continue to talk about every show regardless. Yeah, but now I'm just going <laughs> to kind of talk about it. Like, I mean, Penix is a guy who could play. He could be one of those guys who plays his way into the first round. Mm-hmm. We'll see. He went 27-35 for almost 504 touchdowns. So, yes, he, him and Bo Nix are quickly becoming, like, QBs three and four, if you will. Sure. So, uh, a lot to be said there. Rome Adunzi. <laughs> He went eight for 180 yards, 180 yards. <laughs> well, a lot of the guys had a good week against Michigan State last week. Well, sure, totally get that. But I'm just saying, this is a guy that I personally, at this point in time, have ranked as wide receiver two. Okay. So my rankings would suggest that he would obviously be a first-round pick. That's what he would yep. be for me at this point. I don't think most draft rankings represent that. So mm-hmm. we'll call him a day two pick for the time being. But I, I think he'll be a guy who that narrative begins to change. And then the only right. other guy from the Pac-12 that I currently well, have real in the quick, gauntlet. Though, I only have four shout points, out to the Huskies. Shout out to Washington for throwing up over 700 total yards and setting a record for opponent yardage against Michigan State. Sorry, Sparky. Oh, yeah. going to be a rough year. Whoops. Good shout out there. I like that. Uh, but yeah, so like I said, for the Pac-12, I currently only have four players in this gauntlet that will grow. Mm-hmm. The other one, the final one, would be Shadur Sanders. Sure. I mean, he turned the ball over this week, so that's the only negative <laughs> remark on him. But you know, and I'd be curious. I don't know. Either way, Shadur Sanders, thirty-eight for forty-seven, three forty-eight, four touchdowns. Yes, he threw a pick. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't really do much on the ground at all in this game. Um, it is kind of curious that he ended up with nine yards, but he had a 15-yard run. So do the math on that. But right. uh, this is I, – I personally don't think he's going to go pro this year, so I don't – we'll continue to talk about mm-hmm. him, but I do think he will stay, you know, and go into a class that's not as deep a quarterback like this one. And plus it sounds like his dad's pretty 
honest about them wanting to stick around because you know <laughs> right. let's, it's helping him get even more recruits and exactly. recruits and build the name. So I don't think the Sanders brothers are going to go pro, but we'll see. But for the time being, he will stay in this gauntlet. He's putting mm-hmm. up some crazy numbers there. That's just the, re- well, that's the reality the of it. Right, and that's the thing that we're going to see change, too, because of the NIL stuff, especially when you have somebody like Dion as your dad, and you, I mean, you're already seeing Shadur in commercials and things like that. He could easily make more money next year staying in Colorado than he would if he was anything right. but like a top 10 draft pick. So why not, right? Why not be big man on campus one more time around and pad your stats and go from there? So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that works out. So on my end of the Pac-12, look, dude, I got a few a few players to, to throw out there as my, my benchmarks. And honestly, it's just a few. There's two names I'm going to throw at you that you probably haven't been paying attention to. And so these are ones to keep your eye on. I don't feel strongly about either of these two yet. But Jordan Morgan, who is a pretty massive six foot six inch 320 pound tackle out there in Arizona, has had, had a good season last year where he racked up like an 83 in PFF. He's been a... 75 or so so far this year, but another big body out there out west, somebody to keep an eye on. He's not necessarily one of your top five tackles, but he's maybe in the next five. And again, he could continue to play his way further up the, the charts there. And because I was trying to find players to talk about, there's one guy on Stanford that I don't know where he's going to end up, but he's had a couple good years. Benjamin Urosik, the tight end, he's 6'4", 242, had 42 catches two years ago at 49 last year. He's already got 13 to start off this year, and on a very bad team, he's the bright spot right now. So could play himself into a conversation as one of the top, you know, top-level tight ends. Again, he's only 6'4", seems like they want tight ends to be 6'6", or 6'7", now, but it seems like he's been productive every year for a bad offense. So if he can continue to be productive again for a bad offense, well, there you go. UCLA, uh, Leatu Latu is a guy that we've talked about here and there and uh, we'll continue to talk fan. about. Yeah, we're both huge fans. We will continue to be huge fans. We're going to continue to talk about him. We aren't going to have to do deep dives into this guy too often. Uh, but he is somebody who has shown that he is one of the top tier defensive edge rushers right now. 6'5", 265. He's already got four sacks this year. at 10.5 last year. He is a name that will be in the first round unless something crazy happens. And there's two guys from Southern Cal. I'm sure there's more than two, but the two that I'm going to start out with, one, Caleb Williams. Everybody knows Caleb Williams. He's still doing well. He had a bye week, and somehow he still did well. You know, it's just kind of how it goes. overall pick. Yeah, at this deal. point, yeah. Yeah, there's going to have to be a lot that changes to keep him out of that spot. Uh, but again, there's there's tons of time. So far, so good for Caleb Williams, once again, following up his, uh, his Heisman-winning campaign. But then on the defensive side of the ball, Kalen Bullock, who's probably the best safety or one of the best safeties right now that are out there. 6'3", 190, had uh, five picks last year, only got a touchdown to that, and uh, so far, not a ton dog-wise. He's got four passes defensed already in the three games, so nothing much yet from him, but he's still one of the consensus top uh, safeties, so we'll be talking about him as we go forward as well. Big 12 time. Big 12. Well, you already know one of the teams that I'm going to be talking about. Can you guess who that might be, Dan? Uh, I, I, you're going to talk a little bit about Texas? Yep. Going to go ahead and throw out some Texas names. So, if you all, while they're still in the Big 12, I guess. But, um, <laughs> One more year. We got both Quinn Ewers and you've got Xavier Worthy. Um, Quinn the These Esco? are guys. Quinn, ooh, but a little Bob uh-huh. I like that. Uh, Quinn, that. Quinn didn't have to do a whole lot here. I mean, they're playing mm-hmm. Wyoming. Yeah, Wyoming was 2-0, but they're not Texas. 
you know, there's not. But Quinn went 11 <laughs> for 21, 131, and two touchdowns. Didn't throw any picks or anything. You know, he got a rushing touchdown on negative five yards. It's almost like the end of the Jerome Bettis career stat line. <laughs> Just about. Um, but Xavier Worthy still went four for 56 in the touchdown. These numbers, if they, you know, wanted to, could have been way worse. Let's just right. put it that way. Or way better? I don't know. But as far yeah. as the gauntlet goes for the Big 12, those are my only gauntlet players that I know names would come up every week. I wouldn't say that I have one for West Virginia or Central Florida or Cincinnati, TCU, Texas Tech, Baylor. I don't have any gauntlet names yet. I'm sure they'll mm-hmm. get some, but not yet. So that's it for me, the Big 12. It's on to you, my guy. Well, there you go. I got a couple to talk about for Oklahoma. Uh, Dylan Gabriel is somebody that I'm putting on there only because of how deep this quarterback class is and because I'm curious about him. He's somebody who might play him, play his way either on or off the gauntlet because this dude has got a long track record from when he did at UCF. And so as a result of that, he's someone who's been on a lot of people's radars, but also because they already know that he's decent or good, or however you want to phrase it, he doesn't get as much love. Plus, he's also 5'11", 204, so he's a smaller dude. But this year so far, I mean, he's been lighting it up to this point through through a couple games against not great teams. But 82% completion percentage, 11 touchdowns, one pick. He's doing something right so far for the Sooners. And then also uh, Danny Stutzman is the other guy that I'm kind of curious to see how things develop for him. Uh, and again, you know, I'm trying to make sure that we get enough love on both sides of the ball. But Stutzman so far, dude, 30 total tackles. He's got a pick, and one, that pick returned for a touchdown. He recovered a fumble, and he's got a sack. So this guy at 6'4", 241, and looks like he, you know, wants to take the mantle from Gronk on the party days. If you look at his, his headshot, uh, could be a fun guy to see where he goes. So again, he's the type of size that you love to see at linebacker right now. And it seems like he's able to move around well enough to, to at least keep himself in position. So another guy that's going to be probably a high up on the linebacker list for a lot of people. Here's the thing. I love me some Oklahoma State. I love the Cowboys. I, I was struggling, was struggling to find anybody to talk about from them. I have another linebacker, 6'2", Colin Oliver. I'm, I'm all ears. I figured you would be. Here's the reason why. He's a linebacker. Two years ago, dude had 11 and a half sacks. Last year, he only had five. So the question is, which guy is this? Is this a pass rush specialist linebacker? Is this Where does he fit? So I'm curious to see what they do with him and how he does. He's already forced two fumbles. This year, he's got two passes defense, but only one sack so far. So Colin Oliver is a guy that I'm going to be curious to see how things go for him. A couple of the names to throw at you. Uh, Iowa State, TJ Tampa. TJ Tampa, the DB. He's uh, another one of those guys at 6'2", 200. Very standard, almost now standard size. He's big for a defensive back, but he's also not anymore. It seems like that's the prototype people are going for. Last year, he had nine passes defense and a pick. This year, he's already got a couple. Uh, so, again, he's somebody who's looking to try to hold down a defense on a not great team so far for Iowa State. So, another guy that I'm curious to see where things go with. And then, dude, Kansas State, it's Cooper Beebe. He is the consensus, mm-hmm. at least for us and I think for a lot of other people, the best guard coming out right now. He is going interior to be. Interior alignment, period, yeah, probably. Interior alignment. He should be the first one taken. Uh, and so, good for him. We would have had him up at the the one of the top guards last year if he would have come out and he chose not to. So, I'm still kind of poking around Houston and BYU to see if they've got anybody that I want to talk about. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. I feel like there's a couple names that we might talk about as we go forward. But right now, that's where I'm at as far as the Big 12 is concerned. 
Want to jump over to the ACC? I do, but I just want to make a quick note. You were a lot more gent, like I don't know, generous when <laughs> uh, putting people into the gauntlet already, because those are some names we haven't talked about a ton. So like, I'm I, hoping. I was, I'm hoping. I was a little more ruthless with mine. So guess how many I have from the ACC? Like two, zero. But zero I'll talk total about t- players in my gauntlet right now because we haven't talked Tough about them a ton. But I am going to do a quick shout out to two players who will probably be in the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. So this will be the first time I've even talked about them a little bit. But they're both well. Look at my ACC teams, Dan. North Carolina <laughs> State Wolfpack gauntlet. I don't know, maybe Peyton. Uh, the Louisville Cardinals, Virginia Cavaliers, Pittsburgh Panthers, Wake Forest Demon Deacons. I'm not exactly. You've got the teams with the studs. <laughs> the ACC in the is ACC. my conference. Yeah. But the two players I'll talk about because I can't just leave them out. Um, uh, two players from Miami that will most likely be in the gauntlet because they both got first round draft grades for most people. Well, one of them better be in there. Uh, well, hey, well, Leonard Taylor, the third, who's technically a sophomore, but he's still technically draft eligible, but he's had a very quiet season. That's why I left him off this board. Mm-hmm. Last year, you know, he made a little bit of noise. This year, you know, he's only got two tackles. That's it. Slow That's start. It. Yeah. So I want to do a deeper dive on him before, you know, he becomes a gauntlet player and see what I think. Because I think we even had him ranked as our number two D tackle. So uh, more to come. He's not in the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other guy from Miami that could end up in the gauntlet here would be the Carmen Kinchins. So yeah. Kinchins better be. He, he's he's, he's had a very solid season. But the thing is, is I, a, I want to do a deep dive on somebody at least once before they go into the gauntlet. <laughs> All right, you fair. know, do a deeper dive on the tape and, you know, get like a round projection on them, get my take, what my eyes tell me, this and that. But he also didn't play this past week. Uh, he only mm-hmm. played the first two games of the season. But the first two games of the season, he, he has played – very well. I mean, he's he's already got a pick on the year. He didn't get a sack, but he's got a fair amount of tackles. He's got like 10 tackles and a pick and fumble recoveries, making some noise. So we'll do a deeper dive on him, but I'll, I'll let you take the rest of the ACC here. All right, well, I'll try to follow your line and not go too crazy on too many guys. I do want to give one quick shout, only because he's not going to be in a gauntlet because he got hurt and he's out for the season, but he still could get drafted. And that's Aronde Gadsden second with Syracuse, who's, of course, Aronde Gadsden's kid. Uh, was really starting off the season well as one of those oversized wide receiver, quick tight end type guys. They were moving all over the formation, and he's out for the year now, so we're not going to talk about him until we get closer to draft time and see how he heals from that. But Clemson, here's the thing about Clemson, dude. They have two guys that people have been putting in the gauntlet at linebacker, and that's Jeremiah Schroeder Jr. and Barrett Carter. Trotter's got 17 tackles so far. Carter's got 15, and the reason why people had him in there in there was because of what they did last year. Trotter had 89 tackles and six and a half sacks, and Carter last season had uh, you know 73 tackles, five and a half sacks. But so far, they've put up some tackle numbers. They haven't done a whole lot else. So I don't know. They're, they're gauntlet adjacent. They're maybe on the walls of the gauntlet trying to see if they can work their way into the fight. I don't know. But uh, those are two guys that a lot of people will put at the top of their list for linebackers. I don't know that either of us have been overly impressed with them yet, but you know we'll see. Two other teams from the state of North Carolina that i got to talk about a couple players from. The Duke Blue Devils. We're talking about positive things about Duke football, so that shows you where this season is at. It's a bit bizarro, but we're in, in good shape. Is uh, Graham Barton, who I've he was playing tackle right now. I've seen people project him as a center or a guard. Point is, he's a very good football player. We just don't know where he's going to end up on the offensive line. He will be 
probably a first rounder, but he's definitely going to be a day two pick if he's not grabbed in the first round. And the other guy from Duke is the quarterback, Riley Leonard. And Riley Leonard has had a pretty solid start to his season. When you look at how he's been doing things, he hasn't been over the top crazy with anything. He's only thrown for like 530 yards, but he's run for 200 yards. He's only thrown one touchdown. He's run for more touchdowns than he's thrown for. And so he's very much that kind of dual threat sort of guy that people are curious about. He's a true junior, so he might not come out after this year, but he's still going to be somebody who's going to be on people's radars, and he might get enough you know, love to be able to jump into people's draft boards. The other team in North Carolina, it's the Tar Heels. It's Drake May. Drake May has been I, – I saw a headline. I told you about this yesterday. There was a NFL scout that had to defend Drake May as still being a like first-round draft pick potential because he's had a couple rough games this year. We had talked about this, yeah. though. Who does he have to throw to? Uh, does does he have first-round draft that picks that, yeah. <laughs> like he did the last two years? No. And no offense to J.J. Jones, Nate McCollum, and the other guys. Uh, it's Drake May is trying to make things happen. You know why he has four interceptions this year? Because he's forcing the ball because he doesn't have a whole lot else to work with. Omarion Hampton had one huge game, which is which is very helpful uh, against App State. He obviously you know led the team uh, there with 234 yards, but he didn't do anything the other two games. So... Uh, everybody pump your brakes on running away from Drake May. I'm I'm still on board the bandwagon. Are you riding shotgun with me on the, the Drake May bandwagon still? Yep. Exactly. And the other 100%. guy from yeah, another guy from North Carolina is Kaiman Rucker, who I think you're uh, pretty sure that's how you say his name. He's another guy that's kind of playing his way into that uh, because he started off well so far this year. He's been undersized. He's 6'2", 265, so he's a shorter edge guy, linebacker, tweener sort of thing. So they got to figure out what they're going to do with him. Uh, but so far, he's already got a couple sacks on the year, and I think he's a guy that a lot of people have towards the top of the, kind of the edge draft board. Last bit from uh, from the ACC is Florida State. There's three guys from Florida State right now: Jared Verse, the quarter, or sorry, the the, the edge rusher. I'm getting my names mixed up. Uh, but Verse, we talked about, he would have been pretty much the number one edge rusher coming out last year, so he's still at the top of the boards. And while he's uh, you know not gotten ten sacks yet this year, you know it's like he's off to a good start. And definitely not someone that we're too worried about going forward. I mean, he's only got six tackles so far, no sacks. But uh, with what he did last year with the nine sacks, we're expecting him to have a good season. So as long as he doesn't, you know, try to ease off the throttle, if you will, and pull a Noah Sewell on us and uh, just decide not to have a huge year, he's still expected to be there. Jordan Travis, quarterback, eight touchdowns, one pick, 700 yards, had the big second half against LSU. Uh, a guy who they just did a nice feature on him talking about how he almost quit football a few years ago. So it's great to see him continuing to roll forward. And then in, in the receiving world, Keon Coleman, who was a Michigan State transfer, had a real hot start to the season and is someone who's going to be towards the top of people's wide receiver numbers. Okay, and take All a right, break. You go ahead now. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine's going to be kind of quick again, man. I'm going to go to the SEC. But again, I don't have any players that are in the gauntlet yet. But I'll tell you mm-hmm. what. You know that, you know, it's probably Dallas Turner's going to end up in there. Kool-Aid McKinstry's going to end sure. up in there. Maybe even Latham there on the O-line. All Alabama guys. Alabama's going to have some guys in here, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but not yet. But not yet. I will say this, though. I'll, just, I'll be fair to talk about them like I did with, you know, some players in the ACC there from Miami. Um, you know, I, I said that uh, I was giving Dallas Turner a tough time well, mm-hmm. against South Florida. You know, he just had had to make me look foolish, and he stepped up <laughs> and got two and a half sacks when I was saying he's virtually done nothing on the year mm-hmm. so far. So it was good to see him actually step up and play like the talent that almost everybody believes he is. And you might hear me talk about him more 
later on this episode. And then I don't want to say too much about Latham or McKinstry because, well, they are probably going to be candidates for my next six-pack of the deeper dive. So I kind of want to save that take and just reiterate again that there will be more players for me to do the gauntlet on later. Because I want to do the deep dive first, you know what I mean? The other guys I feel like I've talked about enough to go into it. So I apologize, Mm -hmm. but... You'll see in the end how this is all going to work. You'll see my madness. Yeah, we're still staking the claim on these guys, though. These are these are players that uh, that we have maybe haven't talked about in detail yet, but we're going to be talking about in detail. So you know, hold your horses yes. on some of that. We're trying not to bore you guys too much with all that at one shot. So is that it for the SEC for you? Yeah, because like I said, I, I was going to hit the big names that people wanted to hear about, but explain why mm-hmm. I wasn't going to talk about them again. Because I want to do the deep dive. I want to watch way more tape and mm-hmm. maybe give you a projection on like around they might go in or what i see because like i say my favorite stats my own eye test or Mm -hmm. you know like if i agree or disagree with the the nation or the consensus if you if you will you know Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm kind of holding my cards for the time being but every time we do it's like every time we do that deep dive on the six pack we'll kind of discuss hey do they need to go into the gauntlet now or Mm -hmm. not or if they're candidates that i keep end up talking about then yeah they'll go in there and then we can do a quick recap on if they're continuing to ascend or descend or if they're kind of stagnant, we'll see. Sure. Yeah, and this is the fun part about trying a new format. I think we probably did a little bit different way of uh, going about each of ours, but that's okay because we'll dial it in. So for me, for the SEC, there's a couple of guys. LSU has two players. One of those is Mason Smith, who's a six foot six, 315-pound defensive tackle. This is a guy who's almost oh, a, a an dude. offensive tackle size playing defensive tackle. So he's a guy who had six uh, – sorry, had four sacks last year. And so he's off to a slow start this year. But again, he's a huge individual who people are going to look at that and just say, please, let me do something with this. Because imagine a six foot six inch guy just standing there with his hands in the air. If you can't get to the quarterback, he's blocking your shot. Right. Jaden Daniels is the other one. He's the quarterback that a lot of people have been uh, been talking about coming out of uh, LSU with Brian Kelly's offense and potentially following up a huge season last year with with an even bigger one. Uh, He's. Doing all right. 73% completion percentage, eight touchdowns, one pick, but he's already taken seven sacks. Uh, so something he's got to watch out for. Dude's also the leading rusher by a yard right now, too. So there's that. And then Malik Neighbors, other player, 24 catches already, almost 400 yards. Uh, so he's another one of the wide receivers that's kind of in that conversation for one of the top-tier positions there. Uh, more shout-outs for defensive lineman. McKinley Jackson, who is 6'2", 325. For Texas A&M, one bright spot on their team. What I love about this, by the way, is Mason Smith wears number zero, McKinley Jackson number three. Fat men wearing small numbers is always kind of funny to me. Also well, have... Yeah, I mean, it's fun, though. Oh, tons of fun. I was going to talk about Joe Milton for Tennessee, and then he kind of had a rough game, just like everybody on Tennessee had a rough game and the Swamp against Florida. So we're going to hold off on whether or not Joe Milton gets to put his name into the conversation. But here's where it gets interesting for the Bulldogs. Brock Bowers... Obviously, he's in there, hands down. That guy could sleepwalk through this season, and we'd still be like, yeah, but I've seen enough. Now, the other player that's interesting is Amarius Mims, who is probably one of the top five tackles, I think, in a lot of people's minds. And here's the thing about him, though. He just got hurt, so I'm not sure how long he's going to be out for. So I'm talking about him now because I might not talk about him for a while or at all. Mm. But he's a guy who is high on a lot of people's draft boards. We'll have to see where that ends up. But that's where the Bulldogs are at right now which isn't a ton of names for a defending champ, but, you know, hey, that's part of the fun. Shall we jump into the Big Ten? Yeah, we should. And why don't we just start with the team we share? I mean, J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum, 
I mean, Corum yep. had a very solid game, and J.J. McCarthy had his first struggle game of the year. But unfortunately, I did not get to see a whole lot of this game because mm-hmm. I was at a, a work thing with my wife. Mm-hmm. And I'll let you give your take. Like I say, I didn't get to watch the game, but I was texting you, and I was like, three picks. <laughs> I have watched it since then, but I didn't mm-hmm. get to see it all live. And well, you know, So I'll I let you give your you. take on whether it was rough or not for him. Well, first things first, I can tell you, Blake Corum looks just as good as he did before he got hurt last year, and so he's still hitting the hole with uh, authority and moving through. Uh, he's definitely be a, a better – well, he's a better running back right now than Edwards is. But Edwards still seems mm-hmm. a bit tentative with some of his running stuff. But that's a whole other story for another day. J.J. McCarthy, though, here's the thing. He threw three picks. At least two of those weren't his fault. I think one was tipped. Another one, he was trying to hit a post toward the middle of the field, and the wide receiver just stopped. He didn't stop his route, but he stopped trying to run his route. He just sort of, it was almost like he thought it was a run play or something. He was kind of more trying to distract the DB. And so J.J. threw it right over the middle for him, and the DB became the wide receiver. So that was not on McCarthy, and it annoyed me that I was watching this and telling my friends, like, that's not J.J. McCarthy's fault. This guy broke off his route or stopped running his route. And the the uh, uh, commentators weren't weren't talking about that part. They were talking about another guy who was open. I was like, stop. Just focus on the play, guys. Sorry. You, there's a reason why you and I don't tend to listen to a lot of the commentators out there because a lot I of them seem like, it. I feel like we see the field better than they do. Maybe it's because we've got the broadcast and they're looking out the out the, the press box, but still, it's just not it's not a good look. The other team that uh, we both share, because neither of us wanted to take on ourselves, uh, the Ohio State Poops, the Buckeyes. Uh, yeah, Mar- Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr., do we even mm-hmm. need to say anything? Uh, he's Go ahead, top I don't. wide receiver. He's top wide receiver. Yeah, he's going to stay the top wide receiver unless anything crazy he's, happens. He's going to be a top five pick, maybe top mm-hmm. two pick. Yep, and we'll talk Seriously. about some more Buckeyes down the road, but right now that's pretty much all I need. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, dude, I have nobody from Indiana, Northwestern, or Purdue right now. That's all right. I got a guy that I may have mentioned once or twice that went to the University of Iowa. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. I think I've heard of him before. Yeah? What's your guess? Are we hanging with Mr. Cooper? We are definitely hanging with Mr. Cooper. Mm-hmm. You should go look at his – I because, oh, you know, yeah. you're the PFF guy. I don't <laughs> like to look at it because I like to know that if I agree with them or disagree with them, if we're fighting, usually we're fighting. Uh-huh. It is what it is. But, dude – uh, he didn't like. He only had a couple tackles in this most recent game, but dude, I just I love the way this guy plays football, and he's got 19 tackles and pass deflection on the season. I mean, he mm-hmm. just he's everywhere. He makes plays. He's I, I'm kind of curious if he's going to project as a cornerback or a safety, and I don't have that mm-hmm. answer just yet. You know, I, I've watched I a lot of tape does. on him. I guess my answer is is I think he can do both. Mm-hmm. Like just put, let a team draft a defensive back and put him where you plug and play him where you need him. And this is a guy that I personally think is the best DB in this draft. He's absolutely a first round pick, and I think mm-hmm. he should be in the top half. I think he should be a top, I think he should be a top twenty pick for sure. Is my projection on him? I've already dove into his stats and done all that. Does PFF <laughs> agree or disagree with me? Well, here's what I can tell you: he is not the highest rated defensive back on the team. Yeah. He's the second highest. He's a 79 and a half. Sebastian Castro's at him, but here's here's what I can tell you about him. Uh, he has lined up in his 200 some odd snaps so far. 173 of those have been at corner, just straight corner. So they're using him as that at Iowa. Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to figure out how he projects. It's a 61207 guy allegedly. Right. Yeah, he can probably you know, project a couple spots. Here's what I can tell you though, dude does not miss many tackles. No. And his numbers Which across is the board why? are good. Does, now are you starting to see why I'm saying like a safety yeah. is 
We'll see Look, with the NFL team. Like, yeah, he, he might be pri- he might be a primary corner there, but we'll see what an NFL mm-hmm. D coordinator goes. Uh, yeah, this is what I want to do with this guy. Well, and again, he could be the type of player that has that hybrid flexibility where he's a corner for a while and then shifts to safety or vice versa. I mean, we were talking about that with Brian Branch. Is Branch a safety? Is he a slot guy? And it looks like they've put him in at more or less the slot guy in Detroit. So that's just kind of how things work out for players as they go forward. So. Yeah, Guys but we that, just uh, lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson, so we'll see where Branch boy, ends up now. Next show. Next show. <laughs> okay. But as far as the college stuff is concerned, wrapping up the Big Ten, uh, Jazon Newton. This is a man who is – That's the number one D-tackle. Yeah. he is. He's the number one D-tackle. He's a large human, uh, and he's so far done nothing to deter uh, me or I think or just about anybody else uh, from anointing him as the best defensive – tackle in the draft right now and when you see how he played I mean, last year he could have come Still out early been, in the season though very early in the season but then again part of this is coming off of of what did they do last year but he's already got 15 tackles as an interior defensive lineman and he's one of those 65 slightly if you will undersized guys uh, but he's had uh, he had five sacks uh, five and a half sacks last year he's already got two this year so we'll see how he goes and again number four apparently if you're going to be a good defensive lineman this year you have to have a small number it's just how it is. Hey. Anybody else you're talking about in the, big 12, in the Big Ten? Nope, because I want to keep my consistent, and I want to only talk about the guys that I've talked about at nauseum. Okay, well, I am going to throw one more at you, and that's Olu Fashanu, because he is a guy we've talked okay. about several times. He is one of the I feel the like top. I talked about him more last year, though. Probably. and uh, Well, I mean, it does to an extent because we're well, we a couple games Well, we did think he in. was in a GoPro for a long we did. time. And we talked about that, and we talked about him being – uh, very likely to be one of the top tackles taken last year. So that can only, you know, you can only imagine he's going to be one of the top tackles taken this year. And when you look at how he's done things so far, I mean, he's, his pass block numbers have, have been way better than his run block numbers. And again, it's a very small sample size so far through a couple of games, but his pass block numbers are like he's an 87 pretty much. So he's continuing to do that part well. His run blocking has been a bit, you know, shaky so far. But then again, it's three games. So. Good start for him, but he's a guy that we're not going to have to talk too much about because he is one of the top two, three tackles, depending who you talk to. I think that takes us into this little halftime break so we can talk about these beers here, huh? I think we can do that now. I mean, uh, the only other thing I wanted to talk about, because, again, this is where we can throw little little notes about the week up in there. Uh, I give a shout-out to Missouri for getting the win over Kansas State. We talked about this last week. This is the Taking Care of Business weekend. Missouri upset Kansas State. Good for them. Your Florida Gators... Yeah, had continued to have a, a house of horrors for Tennessee. They haven't won there in 20 years, and they still didn't even when they su- supposedly had the better team. So points to the Gators, points to Missouri. I'm giving points to SEC teams, and it makes me feel dirty. You should. Mm-hmm. You absolutely should. <laughs> I need to drink a beer to make myself feel better. What are you drinking, sir? I haven't been able to figure it out from uh, the sips of the can you have. So you know what's crazy is I couldn't remember if I had ever had this beer before, but I yeah. went to check into it, and as it turns out, I have had it. I thought it oh. was a brand new beer when I bought it, but it kind of makes sense because I haven't. You've tried a lot when of beer. I had, I've had it. I've had it twice, and I have tried a lot of beer. <laughs> but the two times I had it were three years ago. Oh wow! So tell me if you've ever seen this thing. I am drinking the. It's from Atwater Brewing in ah. Detroit, Michigan, but it's the vanilla oh. Java hazelnut. Porter. No, this I have not. Sir, so the. The first time I had it in 2020, I gave it a 3.5. The second time I had it, I gave it a 3.75. So clearly it grew on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to stick with my second grade. I give this a 3.75. It's sure. it's teetering on that uh, that that 
threshold of is it seems like it's artificially flavored or not. Mm -hmm. uh, but hazelnut is an extremely sweet thing. So I think like hazelnut and porter is like a match made mm -hmm. in heaven because there's a little bit of sweet there and there's still a little mm -hmm. bit of that like drier like cocoa vibe. Like, right. I don't know. So it's just not so over the top sweet. I, mm -hmm. I love this. I, I love this blend of flavors, the vanilla, hazelnut, and the porter. It's great. It's a recommend for me all day. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, but it's a thing. Here's the thing. It's it's only 5% alcohol, Dan. So if you're oh, looking nice. for a fall if you're looking for a fall beer, it's, you know, like a, a nice fall afternoon. You're planning on having a few. Don't want to worry about, you know, going over the top with some of these dark beers that are double-digit alcohol percentages or even sometimes close to 15. Uh, this would be a go-to one. Right there here. you go. I, I enjoy it. I, it's a recommend all day for me. Three point seven five out of five. Okay, um, I can tell you this much: mine is more than five. <laughs> I grabbed one, a version of one that I hadn't had before. I've had this beer, but I haven't had this version of it. And that is the big Ooh, Lake not either Camper Special. It is a double any IPA, which means it's a double hazy, more or less. Is probably the easiest mm -hmm. way to do it. And again, we both like Big Lake Brewery here in Holland, Michigan, which is uh, right on the coast. Uh, of the uh, of Lake Michigan, and they do a nice job in their beer. Saw this when I was at uh, Megabev grabbing some before the show, and this one is a three seven five as well, dude. It is dangerously easy to drink for a nine percent double IPA. Double hazies might be one of my new favorite categories as long as I'm responsible about it, because you can get in trouble in a hurry mm -hmm. with the double hazies. Because double hazies do not feel you. like that number. <laughs> a double hazy IPA is the the fastest rising beer style for mm -hmm. me. Huge, it is sneaky. huge fan. Well, and here's the thing. Because it has more of the IPA vibe than a normal hazy does, it makes you happy because you love the heavier IPAs. And because it's still in the hazy category, it isn't overwhelming. It isn't as, believe it or not, I think because of the citrus, it isn't as sweet even as a double as it would be in other doubles that kind of get that sweetness flavor to them, which I really don't like the bitter-sweet combo of some of the Imperial double type stuff. It just doesn't vibe with me the same way. But this guy, I am I am messing with this guy. I'm a huge fan. So the Camper Special, which if you look at the, the can, has like the fall colors here in Michigan. So you got... Oh yeah, and you got the camper, a little summertime camping. That that's you sitting there by the fire right there, dude. My man playing a guitar, but still playing some tunes. Ah, this is your kind of beer, sir. I'm just kind of jealous that you managed to find a beer that I haven't had. Yeah, dude. First off, there's a Mega Bev that's now right around the corner from where I live right now, which is awesome. They have the lineup of Big Lake brews. There's like 15 Big Lake beers there. It's crazy. Ah, oh, that's fantastic. News. You have to come by and visit. I might have to check it out. I have a Mega Bev here. I just haven't gone there. Surprisingly, there Why, that doesn't even—that seems like an embarrassing thing to say. Whoops. Well, you know, Halo. We like yeah. to—we like to support local places as well. This one just happens to be close, and I need to grab a quick beer. All right, JP. Well, with the beer out of the way, I think it's time to kind of—I want to say debut more or less our new second half of the college show. It's a whole new show, anyways. We are going to talk about a six-pack each of players that we want to dig a little deeper into, and I think we kind of. Might be coming from different ends in this first one, but we'll dial in as we go forward. But you've got six guys that you want to talk about and see whether or not they are you know, gauntlet potential. These are these are the guys that are going to be uh, first couple round players you're going to hear names of all the time. So why don't you lead off? This is kind of your baby here, bud. Well, like I say, they might not all be first round guys. It'd just be a gauntlet guy if it's a guy whose name comes up a ton. But um, I, for the, so to do this, the format... How, I'm going to do all three of my offense, then you do all three of your offense, I'll do all three of my defense, you do all three of your defense. Because mm -hmm. I did three and three, I think that's what I, the plan yeah. was. I don't know if you 
Okay. Oh, yeah, we're good. So, uh, and I'll also say that I took some of the low-hanging fruit, but that's only because I want to get some of these guys into the gauntlet and not talk about them a ton right now. So that'll probably be what I do for the first couple weeks. We'll see. All right, first offensive guy, and you can chime in on this guy. For, well, you can chime in anytime you want, but well, you well, got to you. see this guy live <laughs> and in person. But uh, no, Notre Dame, uh, Joe Alt, who I currently have ranked as the number one offensive tackle, as you would confirm, because I already talked to you off air, this man is huge. My first note, I wrote huge <laughs> in all caps. He's a large individual. And I could tell that. So yeah. we were about 20 rows back in the one end zone. So, you know, decent seats, all things considered. Uh, even from where I was, I could tell that he was a tall and and thirsty man right there. That's a guy he's who's like, going he's like to... He's like 6'7", 3'8". They list him at 6'8". Okay. So, yeah. That means he's 6'7". Right. right, exactly. But still. Right. Big, big fella. Mm-hmm. So he, here's what I notice. So when I watch his tape, and, you know, I did like a go on YouTube, check out all the highlight videos, try to go back and see some of the games I've recorded on TV and whatnot. He, I... I wouldn't call him. He's not a great athlete. He's an. They're all great athletes, right? Shoot, dang! I mean, they're going to the NFL. But he's he's not like your stellar athletic offensive tackle. But he's sneaky, sneaky, quick, and fluid. Like mm-hmm. the speed he does have, and the agility he does have, and his footwork he does have. He's very efficient with it. Like he right. he is sneaky, athletic on tape, and he plays nasty. And plays through the whistle. But the crazy thing is, is what I was noticing, and maybe I'll have to watch more. It's kind of the opposite of what you would expect. It seems like he plays through the whistle and kind of continues to like push on some of these guys, even a little bit, might push the limits a little bit. <laughs> but you know what's weird? It seems like it happens more in passing plays rather than running plays. Yeah, that's interesting. And I, I can't I can't make sense of that. Maybe I gotta watch a little more again. Like these we'll touch base on Joe Alt more. But this is a top ten pick. I have him ranked as the number one offensive tackle in this draft. Obviously all things subject to change. Mm-hmm. But th- this is a big, sneaky athletic guy who plays with a nasty mean streak. And yeah, I mean I, I've there wasn't a lot to pick apart other than what I had just said, like it seems like he's somehow is more aggressive on passing plays. Cause like, if mm-hmm. there were anything I could say they work on, it seemed like the run blocking, it may be PFF him. I don't ever do this. I wonder if PFF <laughs> gives him a better passing grade than a run blocking grade. I don't know. But to me that stood out and you can look him up if you want. While I go to my second guy, my second guy is a guy that I have talked about a ton. It's Texas tight end, Jatavian Sanders. Mm-hmm. This is a former five-star guy. He's got a ton of production. I mean, we talked about last year on the show when tight ends get 20, 30 catches. That's a fair amount. That is a fair Mm -hmm. amount. Last year he had like 54 receptions. He's got a lot of production. He's on his way to potentially beat that this year. This guy, he catches the ball like a wide receiver. He's not doing body catches out there. He, Mm -hmm. he, He stretches those arms out and grabs the ball with his hands. Like he attacks this ball instead of letting the ball come to him. He'll, he'll go to that ball. Uh, definitely with that being said, he's definitely more of a receiver than a blocker, but he's a really solid route one runner too, but he does seem to work like underneath a lot. Like he does a lot of those like out and just curl around, like just kind of by the line of scrimmage. And so he does a lot of his stuff kind of after, after the catch, but he's definitely more of a possession guy rather than a field stretcher. Um, okay. But, but what's impressive to me, the thing that stands out the most is his ability to catch the these tough catches in traffic 
Sometimes you'll see when he's underneath and he sneaks in there, defense loses track of him. He's wide open and he'll just run for eight, ten yards, right? Mm-hmm. But when he when it, that he doesn't sneak out there and you know the defense sees him, like they'll still throw him the ball and like he's getting contact. Like as he's catching, he's holding on to these things. He's got strong hands, but again, I would say his weakness would definitely be the blocking and the overall athleticism. I don't see him as a stud athlete. He's not super fast. He's not super agile. He's just a good route runner with strong hands, and I, I think that'll show up more at the pro level than the college level because I think at the college mm-hmm. level compared to other tight ends, he does look pretty athletic and whatnot, but different level in the pros. Um, right. We could see him maybe sneak into the first round. I definitely think he's a day-two guy for the time being. Um, last guy I want to talk about here, two-lane quarterback Michael Pratt. Mm. Um, oh, you're going to the small school guy on me. I did. I did do a small school guy on you, and it, you. I wanted to do this so bad because, you know, I kept seeing highlights, and I'm like, he looks all right. He's putting up good numbers, and people are getting high on him. I got to see it for myself. I was watching some of it. This guy just plays confident, and my goodness, does he get the ball out quick? Right, like almost to where it's. You'll. I'll probably talk about it as a weakness here. He gets the ball out <laughs> quick. Uh, he can make all the throws. I mean, I wouldn't say he's got a strong arm by any means, but he can chuck it down there pretty deep. And it seems to be like always like lob passes. Like it looks like a rainbow arc and he just sneaks it, drops it right over the shoulder of the wide receiver over a DB. It's nice. I like it. He leads wide receivers. Well, Mm -hmm. he's accurate and tight coverage. He's got some quick feet and this guy's sneaky mobile. Like he, he, Mm. he's a, he's border. Like I would call him a dual threat quarterback. I mean, he's no Anthony Richardson or Lamar Jackson or anything like that. But compared to most quarterbacks, I would call he's mobile. I'll give him that. I mean, last and then last, he shows up in big games. Last year, I went back and watched some of that U- USC game because, like, mm-hmm. I was under the impression this was a Tajay Spears game. Uh, he, <laughs> dude, it was his third third highest rated game of the year last year. Mm-hmm. So he he doesn't shy away from the tougher games. Um, right now, I think he's probably like a I don't know he. You'd probably say he's a day three pick, probably around the fourth round, but I could see this guy playing his way into a day two, being like a third round pick or something like that. We'll see. Uh, weaknesses, I would say, is definitely that arm strength. It's definitely good enough. It's just he doesn't have that cannon that everybody like awes and news over. You know what I mean? Um, right. But remember, how I was saying I'll go like he gets the ball quick, which is awesome. I mean, geez, Tom Brady made a career out of getting rid of the ball like <laughs> super fast and never giving the mm-hmm. defense a chance. But I. It could be really good, and it, it's awesome. But the, at the end of the day, he gets it out so quick, it's difficult to know like how this guy can go through his progressions. So I don't, I don't know if he, he's capable of that or doing it because he just gets it out so quick. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't answer that if, if because in the NFL, guys might you might not be able to get the ball out that quick if a guy's not open or at least in your eyes open. So can right. he do that second read, third read? I don't know. So I would call that a weakness. There's my offensive deep dives. Sounds like as weaknesses go, he's doing okay. Yeah, I'd say I, he, he. I was I was impressed. He's not in the same category as Caleb Williams or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I was impressed with him. Well, here's what I can tell you. I went a little different direction than you did, so I'll kind of you know revamp that for next time. Uh, so I went with some guys that we haven't talked about that have not been on radars that may or may not be guys that we're looking at from a gauntlet standpoint. Because, you know, that's where more, most of my fun is anyways, is trying to dig around and see what Me we can too. figure that's, out. That's Dude. why I wanted to get rid of the low-hanging fruit as early as possible. Fair. And I'll, I'll be doing some of that next time. I went 
and and looked around and did I do again I, I do look at more pro football focus than you do and that's fine it's it's fun because it gives us a nice little little back and forth here with you not thinking about analytics and me being like mm-hmm. nerd but that being said there are two teams that each have two players that I'm talking about out of these six and each one has an offensive player each one has a defensive player so one of those teams is Mississippi State who just got spanked by LSU so whoops right but still even with that game Jaquavius Marks 5'10", 210-pound running back who is in his fourth year, so he is a true senior, more or less, or at least he is as far as that's considered. He has not, he's, you know, a guy who hasn't had a ton of tread in the tires. Highest number of carries he's had in a season so far is like 115. So still very much early on. Exactly. So he had 590 yards last year, but he's averaged five yards a pop last year. This year so far already has 325 yards at 6.4 carry and three touchdowns. He also caught some passes too. So Jaquavius Marks, one of those guys that's playing for a team that's going to be hit and miss, question mark where they're at, because obviously they're going through the transition with uh, the passing of Mike Leach. So again, RIP Pirate uh, coach. But that team trying to figure out what they're going to do, are they going to do more running the ball? And so far this season, he has had a very good start to the year. And when you think about a guy <laughs> that's built for the NFL, 5'10", you know, maybe you want a guy a little bit taller, but 210. 210 is is that sweet spot weight for a running back if he has any semblance of speed. And I don't know who he's going to run yet. I haven't looked too deep into that. But if you're 210 at 5'10", that's like a little bit of a bowling ball action right there. So if he's got any quickness whatsoever, clearly needs to work on his run blocking a little bit. But at 5'10", 210, yeah, it, it's, it's understandable. So that's kind of the area where I'm curious to see how he develops. But he's, his yards per carry have been going up over the last couple of seasons. And so it'll be curious to see if he continues that way. Because so far... Arizona, LSU, and Southeast Louisiana. So two of those games are against you know Power Five teams, and against those two Power Five schools, he did do all right. He ripped off a 52-yarder against uh, LSU. That was a lot of his yardage though, so they got behind early. They didn't run the ball too much. Next guy I want to talk about, dude. I ended up in so much in the SEC. I'm a little annoyed actually. Uh, it's just kind of how it worked out. But uh, the next guy is uh, across <laughs> the state in another part of Mississippi, and that's Trey Harris, wide receiver for Ole Miss. At 6'2", 205, this is a guy who has the kind of body you like to see in the NFL. And so far this season, here first things first, he's another transfer guy, right? So he was at Louisiana Tech last year, had 64 catches last year, 41 catches the year before that. So again, trending in the right direction. 10 touchdowns last year. He's already got five this year. Now, a lot of that was because he blew up against Mercer, but he had an even better grade technically uh, against Tulane. And so this is a guy that it's very early in the season. He's only got 188 receiving yards on eight catches, but the analytic numbers are putting him up towards the top of that list. And again, at 6'2", I'm going to be curious to see how he plays once the SEC season gets rolling, because if he can be a solid outlet for Jackson Dart for that Ole Miss offense, uh, he could kind of run in the, uh, the, the long history of super athletic Ole Miss wide receivers. You know, we saw with the, I'm not saying he's quite the level of DK or AJ, anybody like that, but He's got those guys you can probably hit up and and ask some questions to. The other player that I got from the SEC, because apparently I'm stuck in the SEC. Dan Dan loves the SEC almost as much as the Giants. Dang it. See, I knew knew you were going to go there as soon as you started saying that. But this is a team that gets no love. So I have to give them some because you know me. I I like the underdog, not the Giant. Thank you. And that's Bradley Ashmore of Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt has not had a good program in well, since James Franklin was coaching there, definitely. Uh, but he's a six foot six inch, three hundred and three pound guard who has been uh, a revelation this year. He's a four year starter, but the dude has been average at best the last three seasons. Coming into this year, 
This year, he's already hitting an 82. His run blocking is amazing. His solid. pass blocking is solid. Exactly. So it's only through four games. It isn't through, obviously, they haven't hit the meat of their schedule yet. The only team that's even mildly noteworthy on their schedule is Wake Forest. So very early. I'd be curious to see if this kid continues to be uh, a solid piece of this offensive line. If he can hold up like he has so far, because, again, he's got a nice you know, preseason out of the way now. If he can hold up like this against SEC guys, he's going to be another guy who's in that conversation uh, for one of the, if not first-round guys, maybe that day two, early day three for a guard coming out of Vanderbilt of all places. And then my small school guy, because that's kind of what we're doing, three and a small, is Darren Granger, oh, the quarterback I, from no, I Georgia did, State. I only did three total, you cheater. I did oh, two dude, regular and I followed small. your sheet that I copied from you. I just so gave I you copied four your options. Work. Yeah, I like copied you your wanted, work. You picked three I'm doing, of the four. Well, you know what? Darren Granger, we'll see what he does. Quarterback for Georgia State, very early on. So far, six touchdowns, no interceptions. He's a six foot four inch, two and twenty five pound guy who's a transfer. He's in his fifth year, so he should be good at this point in this game. We'll see if he continues and if anybody puts anything out there for him. There you go. There's a quick dive. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna go to the defense. You know, I'm excited here. Remember, I tell you, I might bring up Dallas Turner again. Go ahead. Well, here you go, because like I said, he's probably going to end up in the gauntlet whether I'm a fan or not, okay? Mm-hmm. But here was my deep dive on him. He's another uh, former five-star recruit guy. Uh, this is a solid athlete with some shake mm-hmm. on him, but, man, like, and I want you to watch this and see if I'm crazy <laughs> or not, because I know he made me look silly this past week because he got a two-and-a-half-sack game. Right. But when I watch him, he seems to just kind of – slide off blocks and he doesn't ever show Mm -hmm. much power or any hand usage and i want to highlight the hand usage because right i wanted to make sure i didn't sound super dumb when i was saying this because i only (laughs) go with my eyes and then i look it up Mm -hmm. later you go to other websites and people say that he's got like excellent hand usage i do not see Mm -hmm. any of that half the time Mm. the guy seems like he just kind of is like either like he's basically like left unblocked like the tackle like is there Mm-hmm. And he just kind of sneaks around him, and the tackle doesn't even like reach out to like to grab him or anything. Like I, I don't know. He just kinda, like I said, he just kind of slides off. Like, dude, YouTube, like some of his highlights. I guarantee you that'll show what I, <laughs> what I, whatever I was looking at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he just doesn't seem to have power. He doesn't seem to use his hands. It seems like he's a really good athlete. Like, I, I bet you he's running like a four or five forty. He, he seems like a good, and maybe he is just getting off the ball. And using his acceleration, because the thing is, is sometimes on some plays when you're watching him, he'll still make a play, and it seems like he's mm-hmm. the last guy in the defense to move. But yet he ends up getting back there quick. I don't know. He's a strange dive. I'm just telling you. <laughs> but it, and the other thing is, and I feel this feels like I'm beating up on him hard. All right, he just kind of, he kind of seems like he just kind of wraps up and hangs on for dear life. Like he <laughs> he uses his body weight to to drag you down. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't. He doesn't like hit you. I don't know. It's very strange. He's, no, he's a gentleman a day, tackler. I guess so. He's definitely a day <laughs> one pick. Obviously, mm-hmm. at this point, he's not very high on my draft board. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's gonna go in the first round. I'm gonna go on to my, my second player because as I'm glad I did his first because <laughs> it's kind of depressing. This was depressing too. Mm. So my whole defense is depressing. Ha. Uh, Washington edge rusher Braylon Trice, because I've talked about him a whole mm-hmm, lot. You and I mm-hmm. joked, like, is he the new Noah Sewell? Ha. His 10-sack season last year. And I didn't watch, and I'll be honest, I watched a little bit of this season, not a ton. He's got There's more tape on last year, obviously. Right. But, dude, this guy, he's got a huge motor. 
He's got awesome power. He hits hard, uses his hands mm-hmm. well. He's everything Dallas Turner's not. Because he's not <laughs> – this guy's not the athlete. He, he's not mm-hmm. running a 40 anywhere near Dallas Turner. I'm just telling you that. This guy gotcha. is all effort, effort, mm-hmm. effort. It's his motor. He's, like he's crazy. But it, he's not fast, but you you – you watch some of his tape, and yet he somehow mm-hmm. chases players down. Like he's taking he's great angles fast. or something. Yeah, I it's it's interesting, but he's he's definitely not an athletic guy. He's slower mm-hmm. than your elite pass rushers, um, and he's not producing this year. So maybe he produced mm. last year because his effort and strength and hands got him all those stats. But now that everybody knows who he is. You know, maybe they're scheming him out and he doesn't mm-hmm. have the athleticism. Maybe he's, you know, that motor can't make up for everything. I don't know. We'll see. He was definitely one of my favorite guys, but at the time being, he's kind of trending towards a day two pick for me. Okay. Based on what I see. So sad times there because he's a guy that I was high on. Mm-hmm. Um, but ending on a positive note, which still makes me sad because he goes to Ohio <laughs> State, I did a deep dive on Tommy Eichenberg. You kind of need to. Yeah, I almost wanted to leave my whole little note section blank and just write instincts and angles and leave it at that. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what I see. I don't know what other people see, but dude, he sure. just he's he plays tough. He reads the offense and the QBs very well. He's often the first guy to react. You see him moving quick before anyone else. He's often the first guy to the ball. You know, he plays runs well. Mm-hmm. He plays passes well. Like he's he is a tough guy, very mm-hmm. tough guy. Like I'll be watching more tape on him as the season goes on. I I had a tough time of finding a negative. If you made me f- look for a negative, this guy is a stout linebacker. He's strong, nice, and he tackles well. But you don't. He's not a physical tackler. Does that make sense? He yep. kind of does a little. He kind of does a little bit. Uh, uh, the Dallas Turner, where he just kind of drapes on you and brings you down. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it, considering how stout and broad this guy is, I just want to see him. To, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the nature of the linebacker position in defense. <laughs> I just want to see him lay somebody out. Maybe they're telling him not hear that to. Pop. I mean, it might be. I just want to see that keep pop. Keep the penalties out. Um, love to say he could potentially be a late first round pick, and he might be. We'll see. Maybe the NFL's changing. Maybe it's just a Brad Holmes thing about grabbing mm-hmm. linebackers in the first round. But at this point <laughs> in time, I would still call him a day two pick. He's probably around round two specifically. But there's gotcha. my defensive dot. Well, here's the thing. I uh, you know what we haven't talked about this in the first couple of weeks of uh, of our start of the season, but it need to happen at some point. And I think it happened today with me. I cheated. I didn't. Mm. I didn't know the rules. I guess, and so I cheated. I'm a cheater. So, yeah, yep. I cheat. Well, well, I cheated a bunch because I got three guys, and then I got a small school guy, and really, I have two small school guys, but only one of them. I'm gonna you talk only about. get four next week. How did how did the six pack <laughs> theme make sense to you? Well, because I thought if it was six of the big D-pack. schools. I thought it was six of the big schools, and then a couple of little guys because you don't ever like to talk about the little mm. guys. You knew All what right. you were doing. Yeah, well, you know what? The little guys are going to continue to be in there because someone's got to look out for them, and I am between the two of us, the littler human. So that's on me to do that. But big dudes to talk about first. Another guy from Mississippi State, Jet Johnson. Linebacker, 6'2", 230, about the size you'd be expecting, right? Uh, he is a, he's been a full-time starter at least last year, a little bit this year. And this season, though, uh, two sacks already. And just a guy who seems like he's kind of figuring things out. Two interceptions against Arizona. He's already got seven hurries. Uh, he's already at 21 tackles through the through the first couple games of the season. And, again, he's at 6'2", 230. He's that size that a lot of guys like to see. 
at linebacker. I haven't done a ton of video dive on him yet, obviously, uh, at Mississippi State is a school that is going to be tested a lot over the next few weeks. We'll see whether or not he stands up to it. But size-wise, production-wise, definitely someone who's going to be in that next tier of linebackers so far. Tyler Batty, non, non-SEC player from BYU. So let's bring him Finally. young boy. Six foot five inch, 273-pound defensive end. Almost textbook size of a defensive end these days. Where a lot, what a lot of people like to see because he's not too bulky, he's not too skinny. Uh, he's already got three sacks, five hits, five hurries, and a forced fumble this season. He's already pretty much at his his numbers from last year, so far this year in like three games. So very curious to see how he continues to develop. Uh, I'm not going to put him up in the Aiden Hutchinson tier or anything like that. They're nowhere near that point. I also haven't figured okay. out how old he is because he's a BYU player, and BYU players can be anywhere between 21 and 40, I think. Uh, so got to figure that piece out, a couple other details with the guy. But he's someone that I'm curious to see how he holds up as they get into the, the teeth of their Big 12 schedule now as their first year in there. So far, they're trending well. Like, they should be competitive in the Big 12 of, uh, of the new schools that are jumping in there. And I got to go back to Vanderbilt one more time. Don't ask me how or why. Because you had to get Ricky, back to your SEC. I guess, right? Uh, D. Ricky Wright, six foot four inch, 217-pound safety. He might be my guy this year of the Dude, This tall, is your JL Skinner. This is my guy. This is my my. You say Hamilton, you like the JL little Skinner. guys and you like the little schools, but you are so obsessed with huge safeties. Like the weird, the weirdo Isaiah safety. Simmons, JL Bizarro Skinner. Safeties. Yeah. 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 yeah that's I'm all you. about that's the bizarro safety. Yep. I, that's my thing. You like uh, beefy linebackers. I like lanky safeties. So, uh, so far, though, just uh, 16 sackles and two INTs. But here's the thing. So far when he's been targeted, and again, it's early on, early days. They've had four games, not against great competition. A 26.3 passer rating when he's been targeted. So this is a guy who can move and cover as well. And again, at 217, he's not covering a line or a, a tight end very well, let's be honest. But at 6'4", he can maybe get his hand in the air. Um, but at 6'4", he's bigger than the wide receivers. Most of the wide receivers he's coming up against are at least the same size as them. And he's matching up with running backs just fine. So... Ricky Wright, I'll be curious to see how things continue for him. And again, I'm basing this off of so far in this season. These guys have not played SEC teams yet. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Real quick, guy that we're not going to talk about much, but I need to get his name in at least once uh, because he's a guy from the Naval Academy and he's not going to come out till next year. But I want you to remember this name next year. Double cheat. Raywan Lane the third, 5'11", 197. He is a junior out of navy and he's a guy that we're going to talk about coming in next year last cheat though noah tumblin cornerback from san diego state dude i'm just i'm just i'm blatantly cheating at this point i'm not even i'm not even covering the paper anymore uh but he's a he's a six foot two inch 185 pound uh corner who's that size that people like to see at corner two picks already uh, a couple four passes broken up He's got an 84 from PFF. So, again, early days for him, but San Diego State has played some tough teams tough, and so be curious to see how he continues to develop. So next week I'll have some bigger names because apparently that's what we're doing here, but I just wanted to get you know my little guys in there while we're at it. That's what happens when you start off a new thing. Sometimes well, you, 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 you have yeah, the right idea. Hey. Sometimes you're on different pages. We'll get there. All I got to say is I like the new format because I love the idea of doing deeper dives. Oh, yeah. you know, And eventually I'd even like to maybe make like – you know, part of me really wants to, and part of me really doesn't. But like player comps, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, with some of mm -hmm. these guys. But it really frustrates me because sometimes it's like <laughs> low hanging fruit, you know. Right. But 
And like, it's, it's sometimes it's just lazy comps, you know, like where you'll see right. somebody like if they see a, a small, like white wide receiver, it's Julian Edelman. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Seriously. Don't do that to him. So lazy. Don't do that to him. Hey, I'll tell you this though. The first, out of all the guys I watched, the thing that jumped out to me the most, uh, mm-hmm. like when, when I watch like, like Michael Pratt, I don't know mm-hmm. why I saw this, and maybe I'll go back. Maybe it, maybe they do play the same. It feels like they don't, but what my eyes were telling me is like I thought I saw a little Baker Mayfield in this guy. Oh, that's always fun. Yeah, but I I don't know if that's real or not. I guess I'd have to go watch Baker Mayfield and then watch Pratt and see if that actually is real. But that kind of I kind of got that vibe, just like Jatavian Sanders. Like mm-hmm. I kind of felt like yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna say it. I'll wait for comps <laughs> on a later yeah. day. We, we, we'll get there later. But yeah, yeah, I think we're on the right keep... track. Uh, so you guys can let us know if you like it, like us doing it this way. Because again, like we said, you guys aren't coming up to us for news. You're coming to us for the guys you need to be watching through the rest of the season. So some of those guys got big games coming up. Any other notes you want to talk about for the college football world going into this weekend? I don't think so. I don't think so. There, there. What's the obvious the one? Is it Notre Dame, Ohio State? Like that's the I game mean, that's of the weekend the right there. Notre Dame, Ohio State is the big game this weekend. When you look at the the rest of the college football world, I mean, that's the one that everyone's going to be paying attention to. Michigan and Rutgers are both undefeated, so obviously we're going to care about that one. The other big games are, uh, there's there's a a handful. I mean, you've got uh, Alabama, Ole Miss, and that's a question mark of who's where in the SEC West. Can Alabama bounce back? Jalen Milrow's got the start again, so we'll see what he can do. And then the two other big games are both out West, and big in different ways. Colorado's at Oregon. Huge test for the Buffaloes, for Shadur, for your boys, and for Bo Nix. Oregon should be able to score points. The question is, can Colorado keep up? And then the other game is UCLA-Utah. Utah's great defense. Can they continue to hold up against a somewhat surprising UCLA offense? So those are the ranked games. Uh, Oh, and also, also, (laughs) the two teams that no one seems to want to talk about. Oregon State at 14, is playing Washington State at 21, even though neither of those two know where they're playing next year. Two ranked teams are playing each other both, in both the last Pac-12. So there you go. You can probably bet I'll have a little take on that game. I would hope week. you should. And then again, the big game being Iowa State or Ohio State-Notre Dame, and obviously we're Look, I told everybody last week, because again, I was at the CMU-Notre Dame game, I told all the Notre Dame fans, like, look, I'm rooting for you next week. So let's, yes. let's go Irish. <laughs> Sounds weird <laughs> to say, but let's go Irish. Yeah. I'm not going to, I can't say it. I'll think it and I'll agree with you, but I won't say it. And the only other ranked game, uh, you see your boy Cooper going up against uh, my boy Olu and uh, Chop and a couple other ones as Iowa goes to Penn State. We start sorting out, uh, this is the first week where we start seeing who's actually going to be pretender, contender kind of stuff. So it should be a lot of fun. Anything else, JP? Nope. I'm solid, dude. I'm just excited about the new format. Let's go. You finish your hazelnut. I'm going to finish my camper, and we'll it's catch gone. you guys next it's time. It's gone. It did. It was gone after halftime. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to finish mine. Catch you next time with Draft Guys.